Okay, okay, okay. Versatile Vigilante, man. Young Vince, Uncle Vinny. Back at it with another banger. We got the man of the hour in here, Mr. Marcus B. Music. What's going on, bro? <laughs> nothing much, nothing much. Glad to be here, bro. Thank you for coming. A little cheers. Hey, thanks for inviting me. Hell yeah. So let's start let's start right from the beginning first of all before this interview we have we found out we have a crazy mutual friend so we're gonna get back into that mm -hmm. a little bit but you know let's start from the beginning talk a little bit about yourself bro who is marcus b music hilarious question Man, who is marcus b music? <laughs> when i think about it i'm like who isn't marcus b music at this point it's 10 well, different guys <laughs> right now i'm a man of many hats uh you know musician producer uh i like to come up with some video projects um <laughs> consultant on different things uh taught uh, audio engineer um also a guest lecturer taught a couple of classes for u of t for um for the producer circle as well so it was like a lot of things bro bro my shit's called versatile <laughs> vigilante you, you fit go. that bill man versatility is is right there for you exactly exactly love that so quick uh quick discussion on this you reach out to me because we have a, an, another mutual friend the campfire crew yes shout, shout out to them shout out campfire talk a little bit about how you linked up with them in the first place oh yeah okay so how i linked up with campfire interestingly enough so i found them through a mutual connection so i'm part of this group called um the producer circle from the uft they go and operate through Hardhouse. They have a, an online thing now as well they're onto discord okay and then there's also Hardhouse music as well, that's like the music area for all the different uh, musicians that are actually a part of U of T that they can join and be a part of. So being like a, a U of T student myself at one point, I joined that before I went to my other program, uh, which is over at Humber now. And um, yeah, <clears throat> through there, I actually had a couple of mutual connections. Um, shout out to my boy, Rennie, and another shout out to my boy, Ben, because both of y'all are real ones. They actually told me about Campfire saying like, yo, you know, we know that you produce music, but you also perform, you rap. Uh, we'd love to have you actually like go through and just talk to them and do some shows, bro. And especially because of COVID, like barely anybody's doing shows. So I was like, hey, you know what? This is the best opportunity to go and see what they're about and you know, reach out, see what's good. So I reach out to them and then uh, they start hitting me up saying like, yo, you know, we, we like what we see. Um, we actually have an opportunity to do an online concert. Would you be interested? In which I agreed, of course, right? Because I'm like, okay, I never did an online concert before. Let's let's see how this goes. Um, everything was pre-recorded, apparently. So uh, you have to like make a video entry, get that entered. And then they go through all the hundreds of different people who entered, and then if they like your stuff, they'll invite you to come back and actually have you perform. So luckily, they like my stuff. I did this whole theme around like, I love history. I'm a huge history buff, especially since I was young. So uh, I had this whole thing around like Greek mythology. Um, around this like uh this one uh this one character named like Hephaestus and like the idea of that um I believe uh yeah yeah no actually no no sorry sorry I took that back I had it around the Greek god who is a god of smithing and um you know his story is really interesting there's like some ideas where like Hephaestus was uh was somebody where he was a god of smithing but then he was uh kicked out of mental Olympus or whatever um other stories are hella violent they're like Hephaestus um, was the only person who really like stood up to Zeus. So then Zeus being pissed off, kicked him off of Mount Olympus, um, in which like kicked him down the mountain. And when he fell off Mount Olympus, he broke his legs, right? So um, <clears throat> very interesting type of situation. And the reason why I wanted to do that was because I was doing a few, uh, a few different like pieces that were talking about, you know, like struggles just growing up in uh, single parent household, 
you know, struggles of uh, going through, like, financial issues, you know, going through um, tough times, and then was just, like, socializing with other people. Um, it was also a time when I was, like, really kind of, like, <laughs> really learning more about, you know, not having to always be overcompensating for everybody, you know, um, being more comfortable with yourself, and it's okay to say no to when people ask you to do a bunch of random stuff. Right. So, like, being more self-aware and uh, having more self-love and stuff like that. So I thought that was an interesting kind of connection where it's, like, uh, you know, the goddess smithing standing up to to Zeus, but then ultimately when he stood up to Zeus, though he was one of those on the one of the bravest things he could have done, he still ultimately got kicked off. So I was like, you know what? I kinda understand that idea of saying, you know, standing up to something and then people not necessarily agreeing with your idea, but deep down they know that you're probably right. right. So uh because they still went to him for all the weapons, right? Like they still went for him to all the weapons, they still went to him to go and build the buildings. So even though they kicked him off Mount Olympus, they still needed him. Absolutely. <laughs> right. So uh, I did that, and I did that show, and I built it around that whole idea, and um, they loved it. They're like, "Oh yeah, I know this is dope, it's really interesting, really artistic," and I was like, "Okay, hype." <laughs> and then I yeah. performed the the uh, the online concert. And it was a fun time. Got dope. to see all the different artists. That's so cool, bro. That's uh, you had your own little uh, little exhibition there. <laughs> yeah, I love right. to see that. Touching on what you were just talking about there, do you mm. feel like that attitude helps you make music? Like you think about what you were just discussing, like, you know what, just keep doing what I'm doing type thing. Yeah. I think that's one of the best attitudes you can have. Yeah. And one of the things, too, is, like, being artistically free, right? It's like, <laughs> I'm not going to lie, my first thought was never to make a video like that, right? Like, my first thought was just, like, okay, I'm going to go in, perform, whatever. And then kind of sitting there saying, you know what? This is an opportunity to really express myself. So what can you do in a video? Yeah. Right? And it's like, of course, when you perform, the difference between performing live and performing a video is that with a video, you can edit a lot of really interesting stuff. Comparatively, like when you perform live, it's like you're kind of stuck there with a the mic, speakers, and then you have to physically make the show and the performance and people have to be captivated by that. Whereas at least with a video, you can do a bunch of different edits, a lot of different visuals, make people get hyped from just getting the different sounds, different levels. So it's both like the connection of like video and audio and really kind of having that kind of come together into one really nice package that people can enjoy. For sure. And uh, and yeah, and that video allowed me to really be uh, artistically freeing as well. Actually, I do got to say, I did have help with that video too. Shout out to my homeboy, Joel Lopez. One of the realest ones out there. Him and I known each other for like 15 years. Nice. Went through high school together. We went and made that video. Um, the secret is we made that video in like a day. Because uh, we I found out about the opportunity uh, like one day ahead of time. And we had to make that in like a day. And it was one of the toughest days possible. Computers were shutting down. We were, the amount of editing was heavy. But uh, we did it. We were there from like 8 a.m. all the way down to like damn near 12 a.m. the next nice. day. You, were, you earned your stripes with that video, man. You put in some work for that. Yeah. Well, hey, the people that... Uh, Everybody over at Campfire, like, I'm still told about how they enjoyed that video. So I was like, okay, that means that means a lot. Hell yeah. I got to <laughs> check that out. Uh, send me the link to that after. Yeah. Hell yeah. I'll do it. I'll do it. Absolutely. So even uh, going back a little bit further, you grew up in Toronto? Yes. Grew up in Toronto, born and raised all the way in Parkdale. Parkdale. It was a good time. It was a good time. It was a time when uh, people can have a jokes where uh, it's like they would say that the drug deals will even tell the kids to go to school. <laughs> Hell yeah. So, you know. They love education. The community there was awesome, to be honest. No matter where else I moved, that was like still the best community. Everybody cared about each other. Parkdale's a super interesting part of the city, too, because of the artistic influence. It's a huge like art block, too. Yes. Yo, some of the, some of the most interesting 
some of the most creative people I ever met, right there. Yeah. And the best thing about it too is that everybody's a little, how can I say? It? I don't want to say everybody's a little nuts. What I'll say is like everybody is egotistical, but also crazy enough to put their money where their mouth is, and like go right into it. Fearless. And I think that's what I love the most. And I think I'm happy that that kind of rubbed off a bit on me as well, where it's just like, you know, you come up with an idea and you might as well do it. If it works, dope. And if it doesn't work, I mean, it's still alive. You get to do it again. You know, fix it up, go back to the drawing board and go for round two. (laughs) Absolutely, man. We hear a lot about like being a product of your environment. Mm. Sometimes there's negatives associated with that, but there's also positives associated with that too. Like that influence of where you grew up, Yes. you know gets you going in that direction and you start to learn even more about yourself yeah man it's always you got to love the people that you grew up with and you got to love the environment that you grew up with right like not everybody has the best environment as i said before i came from like a single parent household you know my whole thing for me and i also have a jamaican background right um so it's like my whole thing for me was you know work hard for not only for myself but also my loved ones my mom you know like my biggest dream is to make something so then my friends and I don't have to work for anybody above us. We all kind of get to call the shots, but we're working with each other to create something interesting. So, uh, you know, I have a lot of friends who are artists, a lot of friends who are into business, things like that. So I was like always thinking about like, hey, what's the best way to mix the artist world and the business world together? And of course, like the music industry is one part, but it's like, you know, how can I expand that into something even bigger, right? So then I can incorporate a lot of people. So, you know, who knows? We'll see what the future comes, uh, how the future kind of flourishes in the future <laughs> as we sure. move on. And uh, and we'll see what happens. But honestly, that's like one of my biggest goals. Just have something where I can go up to my friends now and just be like, yo, listen, I got this opportunity. Just come and see how it goes and we make a legacy that way. Absolutely, man. You're building your own little world. Got to. It's a huge part. So you touched on how you, you do much different types of music. You actually make... You rap a little bit. Yes. You sing as well? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. I wouldn't say I'm good at it, but I try, I try. You, you do your thing, you do the production side of things, engineering side. Yes. Was that a conscious effort to learn all different aspects of the music? Yeah, actually. So I've been making, so I started out making music when I was in high school. Okay. And um, just throughout the years, I just kept on picking more and more skills. And actually, initially, as soon as I graduated high school, I used to be, so for me, I was a drummer. Um, in band and everything. And the interesting thing is, like, uh, <laughs> funny enough is that when I became a drummer in band, they had no drummers in band to teach us anything about, like, how to properly play the drums and da 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 da. They only had the books. So my music teacher used to just give me the books. So more than half the time, I was essentially self taught. Worked out really well. You know, got to play at Massey Hall, got to do, uh, got to play a few shows, joined a few bands, ultimately got into a metal band. Um, shout out metal to Metal band? Yeah. There I, we go. I played for this one band called Long Live the King. Um, was a lot of fun. We played at Revival Theater, Mod Club here and there. It was a lot of really cool, interesting situations. And the more that I played through, the, actually, through that community, a lot of people think like that community is like a hella violent community. I'm telling you right now, you'll meet some of the most genuine people from that community because they'll tell you straight up, like if they have to show you some tough love, they'll show you some tough love until you're an idiot, right? Yeah. But they'll be like, you're an idiot, but we still love you, man. Like here, this is how you fix your mistakes. And it's like, it's really cool because then you get to learn a lot of the business side of things um, because you meet some of the most intelligent people there too. Like there's, unfortunately, it's like some some music communities get a bad rep because people don't really take the time to really meet these people and talk to them. But I'm telling you right now, man, the metal community still near and dear to my heart. 
a lot of really cool people, a lot of different styles, and you'll meet some of the most interesting people. Like, you can meet people who are into rap, but then they'll be like, but you know what? When I work out, I'll listen to Metal Bird. Yeah. And, um... Anyway, I'm going on a bit of a tangent. No, I love that. I, I, what you're saying, I relate to because one of my closest friends always had a metal band, so I'd go to the shows, yep. and I don't look like a metalhead, <laughs> but you know, stereotypical. But they were always the coolest guys, man. Yeah, and they just let it all out, man. I think Absolutely. it's some of the most like raw emotion you'll ever feel. And I think the coolest thing is like, um, just learning the business side of some music. Actually, uh, I got the chance to talk to a few people. There was a, a another band called like with hands I can't feel uh, that were around. Um, that we were pretty close, and uh, we all went to high school together at one point. Uh, shout out to T- Central Technical School. Central Technical, <laughs> and, uh, famous school. Famous school, right? Um, but uh, we had a lot of fun, and I mean, through that type of situation, I learned more about you know how to really put in that work ethic as like a musician, and also really kind of have that business uh, mindset and really understand, like, okay, if you're going to do shows or um, you know what should you ask for? If you're going to do, like, for example... Um, any contracts, you know, what you should ask for, um, how much should you kind of looking for per show, or, or is this an opportunity where you don't ask for payment because you're getting just as much through social currency, and I feel like that's something that, like, is really helpful because when it comes to music, there's two worlds, right? There's the performance side, which you got to perfect your performance, right? You can't go on stage and sound whack unless you're, like, a whiz at production and you can make your voice sound amazing and do some next-level auto-tune. You know, I love auto-tune on, on some people, but, like, auto-tune is a magical thing. But yeah. if you can really make his voice sound amazing, you, you you can not sound that great vocally, but auto-tune can save your life. But, <laughs> um, but you know, it's also, like, uh, performance is one thing, because you have to definitely be able to, like, have a 30-minute set, da 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 and that's one world. But then the second world, too, is the business side. And you got to understand how to navigate well. And I think when I was coming up through the metal scene, especially playing as a professional drummer, um, very interesting where it's like you learn more or less about you know how to really navigate a bit more when you're talking to people and acquiring clients acquiring different uh, venues to play at and um, setting up the money side of that stuff and then uh, and then yeah like after the metal band scene and stuff I just started going into uh, music um, Long Live the King went on like on a long hiatus afterwards so everybody kind of went off into their own thing um, for me, I still went to school, uh, went to U of T, uh, was studying psychology and sociology, and then went to Humber and uh, studying, uh, was it, I'm studying now like um, a Bachelor of Paralegal Studies, um, that long four-year program. <laughs> but love it though, it's, it's an amazing opportunity and like learning a lot. And the cool thing about it is that during that time, I still love music. So at that point, I started understanding that I need to start picking up different skills. Right. So. Uh, you know, um, understanding that being a solo act now because everybody else is on, on hiatus, you got to sit there and think, what can I do? Oh, well, I like making music. Okay, that started getting me into production. And then um, from there, I started thinking, okay, while I'm producing, what else can I do? Oh, actually, I really loved hip-hop when I was growing up. My first album was Jay-Z Black Album. So I'm like, okay, cool. So let me start writing some rhymes on some, on some tracks. And then started then becoming a, a rapper, right? And then after that, it's just... Things kind of built up over time as, uh, you know, the skills that I acquired were from needs, right? Right. If uh, I wanted to go and produce my own music and release it, got to do some audio engineering. You can't have everything sounding super junky. So, uh, or super janky, I yeah. should say. So it's like, then you start learning engineer, audio engineering and, and ma- mixing and mastering, right? Good for you, bro. That's, that's one of the most self-sufficient come-up stories that I've heard, man. You're just realizing, hey, I want to keep doing this. 
how do we go further? I got to learn more stuff. Exactly. I love to hear that. I love when young people, anyone, but especially young people, is, yeah. I hear a lot of people say, oh, I can't do it because I don't know how. Well, you can learn. Yeah. You know, so someone like yourself that learned, you were in a dr- drum, you were in the <laughs> band at high school, learn yep. drumming, metal band, learn rapping, audio engineer. Like, mm-hmm. I love that. I find that inspiring. And I think that's an excellent story to tell for for anyone trying to do anything really yeah no thank you thank you it's it's honestly fun as long as you have fun with it and you and you learn from like your needs and you'll you'll learn so much i think the interesting thing about it too is that in all honesty too it saves you a ton of money for sure a ton of money because a lot of people one of the biggest lies i have to say in the music industry or especially just starting out with music is when people say like hey you want to become a a producer got to get all these different things and all this stuff and then you know when you're like a kid you know or like when you're brand new into the scene you know you see all these people with like a big studios all this different equipment da 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 and then they're like okay you want to start out man you got to get this like five thousand dollar mixing board you got to get this like two thousand dollar audio um audio input you got to get like this six thousand dollar mic and then you sit there and you're like of course, like, you know, these aren't real numbers and examples, damn, but damn it's like... you're a mortgage on a house. <laughs> yeah, right? You look at yourself like, I, there's no way I can afford this, yeah. man. Like, I'm, I just got out of high school. I'm working at, like, McDonald's right now. What are you talking about, bro? Right? So, and it's like, no, it's honestly not that. Like, all you need on, is straight up. It's just, I started out for myself with a cracked version of um, of uh, Fruity Loops, also known as FL Studios now. Yep. And then uh, had, like, a shitty laptop. And then I worked on that laptop until it died. And uh, from there, I just went and bought Fruity Loops, definitely, honestly, I would say, if you start on the cracked version of a music, of a DAW or digital audio workstation, I suggest, if you really like it, support it, buy the full version, so then you don't get screwed over. <laughs> yeah, I've heard and, other uh, producers say that in the past. It's real, man, honestly. For sure. Because as soon as they catch you, everything's gone, bro. Yeah. Like, everything's gone. Then it's like, if you worked on the cracked version for six years, just imagine six years of work disappearing on you. Not worth it at all. It hurts, bro. But I, I, lo- <laughs> I like that you brought that up because I think it's it's also just like a big mental obstacle where it's like man i want to do this but there's so so much to learn it could feel kind of overwhelming and just even with the type of equipment so just breaking it down to let's just download this program and use the laptop to start Mm -hmm. and keep going i think is a great way to get your foot in the door you have to you have to even it's like uh the interesting thing too is like if you are starting out with rapping or even singing Sometimes the most interesting thing I would say is that even if you have a shitty mic, well, first thing I got to say, each mic is different. Mm-hmm. I've heard stories where even uh, Chaos, there's a performer who's from uh, Toronto, Canada. Yeah, legend, right? Loved his music. His name was Chaos. And I would hear from some people who worked with him in studios saying like, you know, um, you know, this guy recorded on his phone before. This guy recorded through headphones that had a, a speaker or a microphone in it and then sent them the recording and just said, work with it and honestly i'd have to say like even if you don't have the best mic or the best equipment if you get good at producing and you understand like how to mix things properly how to really listen to to the music and stuff like that you can actually engineer that to sound really good yep right it's it's a great topic to touch on too because someone wants loves music someone cares about music but maybe they don't want to be a singer or a rapper there's so many other things they can do that are crucial to making music yes producing is huge man these engineers these artists without without a good engineer would not be nearly as what they are you know so exactly i think it's great to bring that up there's different things you can do in music there's a bunch of different avenues man and even if you're not a performer as, as you're saying there's so much stuff you can do in the background with administration yep with uh managing 
right? A good manager can help an artist who's good at their craft hit to a next level because you might be good at your craft, but as I said before, there's two worlds of music. There's a performing side, there's a business side, right? You can be really good at performing, but if you're not good with the business side, it's okay. not going to work out too well. But you could also be amazing at business, but if you can't show up with your performing side, it's going to hurt you too. So if you get a good duo where one side is able to do the business and the other side is able to focus on the music, and you both are, you know, good friends or you both work well together <clears throat> and you do some reasonable, you know, reasonable ideas because, of course, you know, like, don't ask everybody to work for free. <laughs> you know, like, for people sure. need to make a living, you know, but it's like, when you when you do that, you know, you're, you're going to be hitting levels that you didn't even expect very quickly. Becoming a well-balanced act, you yes. know, not just act, figure. Yeah, but even just being able to tell where you need work. Yeah. I think one of the things a lot of people kind of get stuck in their egos to the point where they're like, I can do A to Z and build a rocket ship and fly to the moon if I truly wanted to. And it's like, okay, that's cool. But then you also got to look at it by saying, you know, what will make you stronger is if you can actually admit, like, I need help here. Yeah. Right? There's no big company. Like, how I say, this is what I say to a lot of my friends, actually. I tell them, listen, when it comes to making anything, right, or you want to build a business, right, there's no company out here that doesn't have a board of directors, right? There's no company out here where it's just one person. They have people that they go to to talk to. They have consultants to ask for help. They have workers. That's help, right? They have board of directors to help kind of navigate how the business should go. They have a CEO, but they also have a COO, and they also have uh, the president of the, of the business as well. Like, these are all important figures that help guide where the business is going to go and help maintain the business. And it's like, it's because people figure out they're going to need help to run it. And it's just like when you go into music, it's like you yourself are not just building your music, you're also building a brand. So that means you're building a business. And if you're building a business, there's only so much you can do by yourself until you have to ask for help to help Absolutely. you get to the next level. A huge point of it, man. And that's how you should look at it, like it is a business. Yeah. You know, and that's why... Um, organizations like Campfire are so valuable. They're offering resources yes. to people that are coming up, you know, starting off. Take advantage of that, man. Mm -hmm. It's the opportunity. I opportunity. Have to say. I think the thing that I really love about Campfire and their team's amazing. Um, you know, shout out to Erica, shout out to Sarah. Both Gang. amazing, amazing people. Some of the most hardworking people I've ever met. Um, you know, they're really doing something amazing where they're combining not only small businesses and local businesses within um, Toronto and the GTA, but they're also aiding artists to actually have a platform. And it's like a lot of people say, like, yeah, we're a platform for artists, da 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 da, da. But, like, they're actually saying, like, no, here's a physical platform. You know, Exactly. Come, come here. Come out. Yeah, party perform. a little bit. Exactly, yep. right? Like, you know, come to the market. While you perform, people have music, a show, and, and they can buy stuff. Build a community. There you go. I said to you, you're building your own little world, that little empire. Build your own community as well. That's when you're unstoppable. Exactly. You um, you watch a lot of interviews? I do. I do. Um, some of the most interesting interviews I actually enjoy is uh, interviews with um, dealing with Andre 3000. Andre 3000 is a very interesting person to listen to. Very. Um, same with Kendrick Lamar. Yeah. Uh, J. Cole as well. And... Um, Oh, who else? Do you Actually, ever, no, those are my main three. Do you ever listen to Dame Dash interviews by any chance? Dame Dash. No, I haven't listened to those. Yeah, uh, the reason I bring that up is because you earlier said, like, I'll just do it. I'll, I learned it myself. I'll do it myself. Yeah. And he's huge on, he was talking about, 
buying an NFL team, it's so <laughs> hard to break into that like country oh, club, right? Yeah. Where it's like, even if you have the money, they still got to vote and this and that. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know what? Let me just start my own team, uh, a le- my own league, because I want to build my own. Yeah. And I just love that mentality because it's, it's like you're not limiting yourself. It's like, oh, they don't want me there where I'm done. No, yeah. you can keep going. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I just, what you were saying resonated with me, and it kind of reminded me of that. Good, good, man. Honestly, you got to start from somewhere. Yeah, just do it. Yeah. Build your own little world. It's really interesting, though. It's like you bring up a really good point. It's like a lot of people, when they are told no, they tend to stop. Yeah. And it's like when you stop, you're actually rooting your own opportunities. What you should do is when somebody tells you no, you say, I'll do it myself. Exactly. And that's if you're really interested, right? If you're not interested and somebody says stop and you're like, okay, fine. I mean, then you weren't really that interested. If you really want to do something, you should keep going. Because the most... The coolest things that you'll see. Actually, I was watching this um, this one show. It's about a comedy club. It's talking about this show. It was like uh, this uh, comedy club thing they called Fat Tuesdays. And it was talking about where... Uh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, right? It's on Amazon. Uh, Amazon Prime. And it was really interesting um, because it was talking about comedy and when black people started getting more into the comedy scene and how there wasn't much of a, much of a scene at the time to allow these comics to come on. So what they did was they started doing uh, Fat Tuesdays um, down in, like, I'm not sure if it was, like, Hollywood or something. And honestly, I got to go back. I've, I watched this weeks ago, so I apologize. I'm like, there's a lot of holes in what I'm talking about. But the issue is, is, like, the interesting thing apart about it was that, you know, they had an idea, right? And they came up and they said, you know what? What we'll do is um, we'll make Fat Tuesdays and have a platform for people to perform. You know, like people from um, from the predominantly black and Latino communities have them come in, perform on stage, make these jokes because people from those communities are going to understand the jokes. Yeah. People will pay money to come through. And, you know, it's always a party where, you know, you got your homies at. So then everybody's just enjoying, you know, the word gets out after your friends are at the parties and stuff like that. And they started growing. And then from Fat Tuesdays, you started getting things like, um, you know, Def Comedy Jam. Yep. You know, you started getting things like uh, a bunch of other um, comedy shows that happen around the U.S., because they're realizing that it was it was like uh, it was something different. Exactly. And I think that's where it's like people like that really, really pave the way for just things things to happen. It's true, yeah. man. It's not like you're right. You're right. Not taking no for an answer, and not also not being mad. You know what? You don't yeah. want me here. That's fine. Let's go do something else. And exactly. you know, not saying that's how campfire started, but <laughs> no. that's an option. You know, where it's yeah. like, hey. We got our own thing now. Let's build this and let's max it out. Yeah, and you got to be bold about it, man. Like, you got to be, you know, it doesn't mean you have to go out here all the time and be like, yo, my shit's the best, bro. But it's like, you can, you definitely should tell yourself, like, listen, man, I should keep going. Yes. Because I really believe in what I'm doing. And that's what I love about Campfire, too, is like, their team are very, very vigilant and very adaptive. And also, they love what they do. And I think that type of energy is what inspires others to want to be a part of it and really want to grow, right? Because um, they're, they're an infectious bunch, man. They're, it's like it's always yeah. a good time when you're hanging out and chatting with them. It's just so interesting that when you're around good, positive situations, you yeah. meet positive people. You get more involved with good things. Like yes. just by knowing them, run it, meet you, meet other people, and mm-hmm. that's, how, that's how the community grows even stronger, you know? Exactly. It's, it's how... 
some you touched on you know just keep going sometimes it could be tough to want to keep going but when you see people doing similar stuff on that same path yes. it's like all right sick and not, it's not just me out here you know yeah and it's like it's okay to be the first i think the interesting thing about a lot of things is that a lot of people i shouldn't say a lot of people i'll say a good amount of people um they tend to think certain things where they're like uh you know if somebody has a big business you know and then like they're their offspring, it's a generational business, and then, you know, their offspring gets to run it afterwards. They're like, ah, oh, well, you know, they've always had money. It's like, that's not necessarily the case. It just falls into, there had to be a first. Yes. There had to be somebody who started that idea, and then they were able to keep it generational. First man over the hill. Exactly. And I'm saying, it's okay for you to do that, too. Not everybody is always born in opportunity. Not everybody's born in money. So what happens, so what really happens to that individual is really much, you got to look at it and say, you know, do you believe in what you're doing enough to pursue it? And then if you pursue it, then you got to think about how can I make sure that this lasts and then this is my legacy. And then that's how you actually start creating that generational thing. And it's, it's really, it's a really cool thing to see. It is. Because you're, you're basically going into a situation knowing you're going to take some hits. Yeah. You know, it's like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be the one to, to do this and take the hits, but it'll be worth it at the end because you got that vision. Exactly. And you learn from your mistakes. Yep. Some of the best business, some of the best, and it's actually cool too. I'm a, I'm a big believer in there's perfection and imperfection. Huge. So it's like, one of my things I would say is that sometimes in like your toughest mistakes or your biggest mistakes, you'll find some of the most interesting answers. And then that might actually help you make your business unique. That might send your music to another level. That might send your business to a whole other level or send you down a different path. And you become more successful that, successful that way. So it's like you have a lot of interesting opportunities where it's just like it's not just always about the end goal. It's also about the journey. And you'll learn a lot from that. It's all about the journey, man. You have to. I don't know if you – I haven't watched it yet. I don't know if you've seen the new Kanye West documentary on Netflix. I'm hearing no, a lot about it. I haven't yet. It's about – I haven't seen it, but it's about his early days. And, mm, bro, yeah. he kept getting turned down for everything. Like, every time he wanted to make his own music, they're like, no, just stay in the back and make the beats. Yeah. You know, and, and he's an extreme example, but it's just <laughs> showing, like, no, I believe in what I'm doing. Let's keep going. Yes. And it's true. Actually, Kanye West is one of my – biggest inspirations when i was a kid i really enjoyed his music um especially college dropout album uh late registration album yeah uh, my favorite song to this day is jesus is jesus walks i have some friends who are probably going to see this you're going to say jesus walks is not his best song listen fight me i don't care <laughs> Bro, i still love that song it's crazy that you say that because i was i was watching someone explain the documentary and they were their minds were blown because Kanye is playing Jesus Walks for the people in the studio, and they're just, like, not into it at all. And mm -hmm. that's like, that's fucking Jesus Walks. Like, it's one of the biggest hits ever. One of his biggest hits. You know? It's an amazing song. It's a powerful it's song. crazy how things go. And it's like, I'd have to say, it's like, he's an, it's a, he's an interesting inspiration. And I have yes. to say, the reason about why is, one, he doesn't give up. Two, this man is so egotistical, it hits a point where he's like, I will not fail because my ego won't allow me to fail. Yeah. Right? He's like, what will, and it's it's interesting. It's like kind of having that mindset of saying, what will get me mad is not trying. Exactly. Right? And it's like, that is an amazing thing to do because it's like, that's an amazing way to think. It's it is an amazing way to think. When you were younger, like before you got into music, mm. were you someone who always had that attitude of let me just do it or were you someone where 
you know, kids said you can't play, so you you didn't play. Oh, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I've always I've always had that idea, that whole mentality of saying, you know, what if I can't if you, if I can't do it or you guys say I can't do it, I'm gonna make it myself. I've always been like a very interesting entrepreneurial kid. Love Actually, that. I still have uh, I had teachers in high school who knew me when I was in. Uh, you know, in um, elementary school, and they're saying they still remember when I was selling Pokemon cards to other kids and trading with them. Or uh, I used to make wallets when I was a kid. So when I was chilling, my thing is that I would usually, I uh, usually get some uh, some cardboard or whatever, get some duct tape, slap them together, make some interesting wallets, right? Because uh, everybody always had their wallets and their coin purses. So when I was a kid, I was like, you know what? I can make that. So I started making those, and um, I was selling them for like two bucks, and that was like really taught me how to, you know, think outside the box and be creative and think like, hey, if there's a need, you know, appeal to it. Absolutely. People will buy it. Absolutely. I asked that question because it's always interesting to learn a little more like what you were like when you were younger, like were yeah. those seeds there already? Yes. You know, and, and a lot of the time it is for a lot of people. It's just wild to see. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's a really it's a really cool thing man it's like it's it's interesting too i'm also i was also a kid who never backed down from a challenge really um especially it's like i used to have a bully when i was a kid um when i was four and he was 12 and the funny shit. thing about it was that uh this guy would always pick on me every day so one day i had enough right because you know when you're younger your parents would be like you know, if somebody picks on you, you know, you, you tell them to leave you alone, go to the teacher, blah, 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 right? So I did all that. Kid would not leave me alone. So what I did was I fought him, and I won. <laughs> I'll never forget. There you was were this... four, and you beat a 12-year-old? Oh, yeah, no, climbed up on his back and everything, took this kid you, to the bro. ground and everything. Um, and it was funny because then the school called my mom to then take me home because they're saying I'm the one who's being violent. So when she gets to the school, she'll never, she, she'll always remember this story. Like, she tells everybody, so I might as well be the first to tell you. That's <laughs> um, hilarious. She would say, like, you know, she came to the school, and she was laughing. because She's like, you know what? From here, that tells me you're somebody who is not going to take shit. Like, you're going you're gonna to fight. And I was like, yeah, you know, it's, it's a good time to really have that lesson. Of yeah. saying, like, you know, if somebody's really picking on you, and you've done everything you can to tell them to stop, you know, you... Uh, it's okay to fight back and stand your ground. And I think the interesting thing is like taking that mentality into even life now as a girl older, it's pretty much when somebody tells you no to an opportunity, then you have two choices, right? Well, really in reality, you have three. Um, we have essentially, yeah, you know what? let's say, yeah, you have three choices, right? You can either stop, which is choice one. Second choice is somebody tells you no, you ask them why, and then you learn what you need to work on, and then you try again. Or the third choice is you say, you know what, I'm going to do my own thing. And you know what, I'm going to do something similar, but I'm going to put my own twist and my own flip on it and see how that works. And all three of them are viable choices. And I think when I was a kid and <laughs> after that type of fight, but then also kind of screwing up as I did, that really stuck with me of saying, like, listen, when somebody tells you you can't do something, you know, you have those choices. It's either you can stop, you can either, yeah, you can either stop, you can either ask questions and figure out why and then try again and still go by their program or make your own program, do your own path. Exactly. I love that. And it's interesting, too, because all three options are difficult in their own way. They are. You're, you, none, none of which are the perfect option, but you got to weigh, okay, what do I want here? Exactly. 
And long story short, go beat up your bully. <laughs> yeah. You know, kick some ass out there. Yeah, well, kick some ass we out there. don't support bullying. Exactly. Uh, no, that's amazing, bro. That's that's an awesome story. I still can't believe how you got a 12-year-old. That's that's fire. Yeah, no, it's fun. It's, so, <laughs> I yeah. can say it like that. His, no, it's, did it's, his friends see that? Um, Yeah, oh, no, they never bothered he never me lay, He never lived that down. I know that no, for sure. There ain't no Good way for you, bro. Four-year-old and a 12-year-old. It was fun. It was, it was an interesting time when I was a kid, man. But, um... But yeah, honestly, it's like sometimes you just have to feel comfortable with standing your ground. Yes, it's it is, and it can be uncomfortable, and and some people are not the most confrontational. But I feel like you have to choose your battles. Sometimes, sometimes yes. you you don't want to fight. You don't want to fight, and I'm not even talking physical, but you gotta you gotta stand up for yourself in certain situations. Oh yeah, definitely. Gotta do it, man. And you're exactly right, right? Like when you when people say you gotta fight, it's not always something physical. No, it's like you, there's also that emotional situation you might have to fight through is that mental barrier you have to fight through a lot of people have their own battles and it just really falls into how do you approach it you know and what's the best outcome and you think about it and it's always good to you know think about the way where you can come out on top and if you can't come out on top it's okay to walk away too right? exactly exactly and when you were dealing with that situation specifically do you remember i know you're super young but did you talk to anyone about it no, not really. Just I wasn't. Decided. I wasn't really into the hype. Like yeah. I was a kid who believed that if you had to say you were cool, you ain't really cool. Yeah. Right. So it's like that's something where I when I did it, I did it more so because that person was really got under my skin and they wouldn't stop. So, you know, one day I said, "Listen, I'm just gonna face you, and even if I'm scared as hell because you're a bigger kid than me, I'm still gonna do my best and." If I lose, I lose swinging. So yes. if I lose, you're still going to have respect. <laughs> but Absolutely. if I win, you're going to have respect. So exactly. at the end of the day, it's like, who's really losing here, right? But it's like, um, but yeah, no, that's, that's pretty much it. Love that. The fear of losing is worse than losing. Yeah. Losing, you get over it. It's that fear of it where it's like, ah, and then you regret not, not trying. Yes. Gotta try, man. Go out swinging, like you said. Yeah, and unfortunately, some people take advantage. When some people see that you don't, you're not willing to stand up for yourself, some people take advantage of that. So it's always better to make sure that you have enough strength and belief in yourself to really stand up for yourself. A hundred percent. You gotta be your own protector. You gotta be your own supporter. Yeah, you're the first and last line of defense. Yes. Right? Absolutely. Doesn't mean treat everybody like an ass, though. No, it's still, still, still be able to work. Defense is the key word. Defense is the key word. Exactly. Awesome, bro. And uh, we we talked about this before the the show. Yes. For the listeners here, this is the first time Marcus and I have ever met. Mm-hmm. We're just shooting the shit before we start rolling, and he yes. tells me he's a he's currently enrolled in the Humber College Paralegal Studies four-year program mm-hmm. the exact same program that i was in that Yo. i graduated from yep. this guy's like oh you must know this guy joey galinsky the guy that i sat with every single day <laughs> in that damn program one of yes. my best friends fucking blew my mind that that mm-hmm. that's uh the situation right now yeah unreal so tell me a little bit how you decided to to take that program first of all oh man i had a friend from high school um she was in the program and uh, she was telling me about how she liked it. She was, um, what year was this? This was like from like 2012. She was in there from like 2012, 2015, 2016. She was telling me about it, saying how much she enjoyed it. Um, I don't know if you knew a person named Renee Tran, but she was there. Um, she's, she's the person that I knew. And she was telling me about the program, saying how much she enjoyed it, 
um, how much she, she liked the opportunities. And uh, I think she finished. I'm not too sure. I think last we spoke, she was doing her internships, and then she just chose to stay at the at the law firm for an extra two years. And um, she was saying she loved it. So from there, I've always been interested in law, ever since I was a kid. So I went into that and uh, said, you know what, yeah, I'm just going to pursue this. I pursued that and uh, got into the program. <laughs> That's pretty much it. That's long story short. Yeah, love it. When you were talking about your experience in the metal band earlier, and you were talking about that's where you learn business. Mm. That's where I click. Like, oh, it makes sense that he's in this law program too, because business and law, just knowing your rights, knowing yeah. how to go over certain things, it's such a great thing to learn. It's a skill. It's it is a skill. a skill. I wish they taught this more in high school. Yeah. Um, luckily, I was a part of the laws with uh, laws in action within schools program, also known as the laws program through U of T, um, where they go into high schools and then they teach high school students about law and civics, things like that. And it was really cool. Um, and that was like that ha- kind of helped me really kind of understand like, oh, I really want to pursue this. This is a very interesting thing. And to be honest, I'm <laughs> when I finished that program, I started going into this program. It made me very surprised, just like how much people don't know about their own rights and um people don't necessarily know just like how much laws affect you it's, it's very interesting it's like when um it's like when when people say like you know i don't want to get into politics i don't want to get into law but then in reality it's like a lot of these things actually affect your day-to-day yeah you just don't know yeah you just like you don't realize but it's like there's a lot that goes into it a hundred percent man no having a basic understanding of the law i think is crucial mm-hmm. protect again protecting yourself yes knowing what to do yes and then also being able to help others in their best interests yeah as well because it's like uh i could definitely say one of the most interesting things was um learning about actually this is more interesting as well it's like during covid a lot of people are losing their houses and, and things like that so when i was learning about landlord and tenant law i believe in second year um there was a good amount of like people where they didn't know what to do because they're like oh man you know covid happened and like now I'm getting um, evicted and like I don't know what I can do because like there's no way I can pay for it da, da 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 and being able to of course like you know don't give legal advice if you're not licensed don't give legal advice all right um, you're essentially impersonating a legal practitioner you can go to jail you it's can unethical. get charged it's unethical dodge that bullet yeah, <laughs> but sure. it doesn't mean you can't help point people down the right direction. And just being able to kind of like hear people's stories and like hear some family and friends and let them know saying, hey, listen, you know what? I just took this course that's about this. Check out this book, like check out my course book and then see your situation. See if it talks about it, because the, it goes over a lot of case law, it goes over a lot of, yeah. um, you know, um, case law, which is the precedence it goes over a lot of um, landlord and tenant law uh, for the for the board. Uh, for landlord tenant board and uh, and everything else and over some tribunals and it's really interesting because when they read it they're like holy shit i didn't know i could do this and it's like yeah just even just having the resource a lot of people don't understand that it could help you a lot absolutely man knowing that stuff too can open doors for you yes introduce you to different types of people as well being in that program i met a lot of people from a bunch of different backgrounds and i think law it's just universal so everyone wants to learn about that you know yeah so it's just interesting how that could bring people together in a way oh yeah and, and just make you more aware as a person that's true that's huge true. is there a specific part of law that you find most interesting oh man originally i came into it thinking i wanted to get into corporate and family law okay 
now I'm more looking into landlord and tenant, um, landlord and tenant housing law as well. Uh, family law is still interesting, an interesting area to go into. Um, not really so much into criminal law. I feel like that area is really oversaturated. Um, so it's like, you know, there's more than enough people in that space. So I'd much rather not go through that heavy amount of competition. Yeah. But doesn't mean I will say no. I like, I'll, I'll still take on some cases. Why not? But it's also one of those things where it's like, not my first choice. <laughs> I feel you. I went to court a couple times for school to, like, at some criminal cases. And we see some wild shit over there, man. It's crazy, bro. Crazy. There's some people where, like, you'd hear the case, you're like, yeah. You did that? Exactly. Really? <laughs> like, why? Again, valuable, <laughs> valuable to see, though, man. Like, law, you learn that there's a lot of people living completely different than you are. For better or for worse, it shows you there's yes. people doing their thing all over the place, man. Mm-hmm. Opens your eyes a bit. Plenty of different personalities. Bro. Yes. And it's like, not everybody thinks, it's interesting, too, that idea of saying, like, not everybody thinks, uh, same way as you do it's like uh, that idea of like uh how do people talk about it? it's like this um this theory of like you know um was it like universal morality something like that but it's like um the idea of saying you know everybody has a different set of morals so like when you're born you know one thing that might seem right to you or not even when you're born just as you grow older and you understand the world around you one thing that might seem right to you morally might be completely morally wrong to somebody else yep you know, and like this is why we have society and rules and laws because this helps kind of keep a level playing field of saying this is wrong, this will get a punishment, and we need to deter this behavior, which is important, right? But then it's like, you know, but also you got to understand too that not everybody might agree with that. Some people might think actually that type of law might be a little too lax, where some other people might think that that type of law might be a little too extreme. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's really interesting when you start seeing those different personalities, especially when you go to court. And you can actually sit in court. You can sit in court cases, especially yeah. since they're online. You can tune into them. Even on TikTok. I don't know if you scroll on TikTok sometimes, but, like, you can even see some, like, U.S., some courts in the U.S., and you see some of the wildest decisions. It's eye-opening. Like, it's, it's crazy. But it's, it, but it's interesting, though. You learn every time. It is interesting. The law stuff, um, the law stuff was always strange to me because I'm not a huge fan of, like, textbook reading. Like, I'll read a biography or something, but... In that program, it was a lot of textbook reading, and that oh kind of turned me off. But then when you, we talk about the topics, it was so interesting. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's two, there's really two different sides, even more than two different sides oh, of law. Yeah. There's a ton of different sides. It's more studied that, and the more that I studied in that program, the more I understood that, yeah, the law is not something that's, like, solidified as one thing. No. There's, there's so different many different perspectives, and the, that's what makes it super interesting. Like, the law might be, might say one interesting thing but like we follow the living tree doctrine right and the living tree doctrine means that like how laws apply to different cases is very contextual right whereas in the u.s they follow originalism and that means that how the law is written they will follow that to the t almost right uh for the most part i should say so then it's like it's a very interesting space when you look at it saying like uh, especially in canadian law where it's like okay you know the law is essentially the guide in general of like you know this is the action that happened, this is the law that's applicable. But then when you go through court or when you go through uh, mediation, because the entire Canadian system is based on, like, you want to do mediation as much as possible to avoid trial, because that's where a lot of money goes into it. No one wants to go to court. No, no. Because when you get to court, as you will know, as you know, right, that's where you're sure to have a winner or a loser. Yeah. Whereas, um, you know, one person will have to pay. 
Whereas uh, when you go through mediation, arbitration, things like that, you actually get to have more of a discussion. And then, in fact, sometimes you can come up with deals where both sides win or both sides come out on top. Exactly. And I think that's where it's like, that's where the Canadian system really, really shines. But um, but yeah, no, honestly, it's it's interesting when you see it because it's like even going through that process, you'll hear so many different perspectives. And I think that's what I appreciate about the program where it's you can... You have what over like a hundred people sometimes in the classroom and each person has something different yeah and they're for different reasons too yeah and i think it's the coolest thing it is cool man that the point about court was funny because that was one of the biggest uh, realizations i had from that program like man if you could avoid going to court <laughs> yeah. try man do it do it do don't it. do it do don't it. go to court bro. I, I hear a lot of, not a lot but like i'll hear people say like oh i want to sue about this i'm mm-hmm. just like Think long and hard about it because it's a lot of money yeah. and it's a lot of time. Yeah, it's like, I think that was funny. I think it's like, uh, I think Dave Chappelle said that joke, uh, said this joke where he's like, you know, he might have like um, speeding money or like he might have like run a red light money. And it's like, yeah, you, you kind of have to sometimes think like that. Like, you know, Just, okay, I did it. Let me pay for that. <laughs> yeah, it's like, can I really pay for this though? It's like, you know, if somebody's yelling at my face and I want to fight him, like, do I have a sp- battery and assault yeah money. 50 grand laying around <laughs> yeah like you know? you know do i do i really have that type of money so it's like think you about know. it man you <laughs> gotta think thinking about, about it. it absolutely yeah be smart out here i have to man honestly a lot of problems can be solved with just straight up talking oh yeah right? man i'm of the belief that if you're over a certain age and it ends up in a physical situation like it looks bad on both of you yeah. you know well it's not even always just the physical actually what i find is that when i get older it's not so much where people love to do the physical. It's more of, like, they love to do the mental games. That's, like, the gaslighting stuff and all that stuff is, like, somehow the biggest thing that a lot of people are really into when it's, like, when you know that they're messing with you and you sit there and are like, just tell me honestly. Yeah. Like, it tells me more of your character just, if just you're skip the passive more aggressive. into just... Exactly. Right? It's, like, just just be straight up and say what you say. Say what you mean. Mean what you say. retweet cosign i completely (laughs) agree with that we need more of that yeah absolutely man so you said at uft you took psychology psychology sociology psychology sociology currently in paralegal yes drumming in high school metal band later on yep rapping producing yeah sound engineer yep and i see (laughs) that you also have your own podcast yes oh my gosh talk about that a little bit all right so my boy back to shout out to joel um you know he's on instagram at mr j lopez mr underscore j lopez you can also follow me on instagram you know shameless plug at marcus b music gotta be your own biggest supporter you man. got there to you go. man promote it's how you spell it is <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we'll write on the piece of paper there hold it <laughs> right, up right. we got it we got you we got you but like <laughs> no so um joel and i we started this thing uh called uh tax so toronto artist collective and yeah. um really interestingly enough is the whole purpose of that was where, um, again, we started this one thing called Black Box years ago, um, where we provided like opportunities for artists to come and perform. Uh, we'd actually get in touch with a bunch of venues and, um, and bring in the artists. And what we found was that actually venues are always down to have artists, and there's always artists down to perform, but the hardest part is getting the crowd. Yeah. Right? Because it's like, you can have the artists, you can have the venue, but if the crowd doesn't come, what's the point? Right? So... It was interesting because as we went through the years, we learned a lot through that project. Um, eventually, like we just both got too busy, so we weren't able to maintain Black Box. So we had to kind of put that project to the side. But this is what I mean when it's like you don't give up, right? yeah. <laughs> because then 
um, a couple years later, uh, I approached Joel again. I'm like, yo, you know, let's start Toronto Artists Collective. You know, let's do something that artists can really enjoy but learn from. So the different approach now is essentially not just talking to artists and featuring them, but excuse me, sorry, but also featuring, I would say, opportunities. So being able to actually make sure to get these artists in touch with with these venues, right? And rather than being the buffer, just be the straight line where an artist to venue and then that artist can build that relationship with that venue. Yeah. And then choose how they want to perform or, you know, have an artist come on, but then have an artist come on where they've had a lot of experience so then they can tell other artists like, hey, would you perform at a show? You know, don't do this, do this. Or like uh, for me, because I'm studying law, one area that I also wanted to go into is entertainment law. You know, and just having uh, one thing that we definitely want to do, you know, I'm just giving y'all a little sneak peek in the future about what's coming up, is getting a few uh, entertainment lawyers to come in and tell you a bit more about, like, you know, how the industry runs and, like, what you can expect on the business side. So when you get a contract, you know, how to read a contract, you know, how to understand what's a what's the difference between distribution and a label. What does a label actually do for you now? You know, what's... Uh, What's, what's when it comes to a contract with like a venue or um, you know all that stuff like what do I need to look for how do I set myself up as an artist because I find that the more that I've spoken to artists you know a lot of people want to perform but what I find is that a lot of artists just like they know how to perform but they don't necessarily know how to move properly in this space and they kind of trip themselves up on it for sure and I think that's that's one of the things where it's like unfortunately not many people talk about it so when they talk, when they don't talk about it, a lot of artists are like, I made music and I released it, but you know my friend told me I can release music on YouTube and I make money, but I'm not making any money. Why yeah. is that? And it's like, you don't know what royalties are. Well, what are royalties? What are mechanical royalties, right? And like that's the whole point of of TAC, right? Providing that information, and then not just providing that information, but also providing opportunities. Of saying, hey, you want to understand how to be able to go and get your royalties? You know, start this, do this. When you're an artist, set this stuff up in the background. Because yes, it's work, but this makes sure that you get paid. You know, if you um, you know, when if you're an artist, make sure you do all this. Make sure when you go to a venue, ask these questions, so then at least you know that you're good to go, right? It's like um, one of the craziest things that I can actually ask is like, for example, um, I had a friend that I worked with actually, one of the nicest dudes. His name's uh, his name was Nicholas. He's a rapper as well. We actually collabed on. Uh, we were planning to collab on a few songs, but um, you know, there's. He's, he's doing some stuff on his own right now, which is cool. So I'm actually really proud of him. He's, he's grown a lot as an artist. Um, and we have a lot of these talks. And the first time we met uh, was because he was telling me how he paid $200 for one-hour sessions over at a studio. And I'm like, bet, that's cool. And he's like, so I asked him, like, how many how many sessions did you go for? He's like, oh, I went for three. So I'm like, okay, how long were those sessions? Oh, I had two hours each. So I'm like, okay, so you're paying $200 per hour at the studio. Two hours each, three sessions, right? So that's what four hundred for one, and then three. That's four at twelve, right? So you got twelve hundred dollars sunk into this project they're doing. He's like, yeah, and I'm like, dope. Do you have any music? Let me hear it. Nah, you don't have any music. Why don't you have any music? Oh well, you know the guy said he's it's not ready yet. Wait, hold on. You paid twelve hundred dollars. The guy says it's not ready yet. Now nah, I'm editing it. Did you bring your own? Did you bring like your own? Uh, your own portable uh, HD or uh, hard drive? You know, a portable hard drive. And he's like. No, nah, man, you, I never knew you could do that. Yeah, you, you should do that. You know, you should you should ask him. I'm like, did you ask him about where your recordings are at? No, nah, man, I didn't want to bug him. 
you paid him twelve hundred dollars. Yeah. Bug him. Exactly. <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like he owes you your recording, bro. Literally. Like what are you talking about? Definition so, of owed. Yeah. So like when we were talking more, he's like, "Oh shit! Wait, hold on. That's I should do this." I'm like, "Yes." When you're an artist, you have to be like your big, just like in law, you have to be your biggest advocate. Anything you're doing, bro. You have to. Anything. Facts. You need to. And that's, I like that you said, like, he said I didn't want to bug him. I used to deal with that where it's like, oh, but then I realized, fuck it. Like, if I don't do this, they're not thinking about me. Exactly. They're not sitting at home like, oh, I wonder if Vince is good. No. <laughs> no. no I'm wondering if Vince is good. Let me call you and fucking get get this shit done, you know? Yeah, and bug you, the shit out of You gotta do it, man. You have to. And it's like, and, um, like, of course, we got his recordings eventually, right? But um, it was one of those things where I'm just like, holy shit, there's a lot of people who probably are going through that. As you were saying, like, you went through it, and it's like, some people, and I'm not saying you went through this, but, like, some people feel embarrassed about talking about it. And it's like, when it comes to something that you're owed, feel that confidence to say, For sure. fuck you, pay me, or fuck you, give me my shit, For sure. <laughs> because you have to. And it's like, um, and I'm, and I'm, like, I'm happy that he brought that up, because that was actually something that helped kind of get the... The gears turned in my head about yeah. what you know what my next project would be, and then tack came to be. I love that man, and, and and it's very true. We talked about precedent earlier. If you don't get that money that first time, you're never gonna get it. Exactly. You know, you're setting that bad precedent. Yes, but Absolutely. it's also what I do have to say as a, as a little side piece too is that it's not always about the money too. I think the main thing that when people say it's not always about the money, the interesting thing that they kind of leave out is that it's not always about the money, but you also have to think about what's the logical trade-off right yes. so it's like okay you might not do you might not get money for this show or this project but you're getting what you're getting more exposure right so for example a lot of people actually an interesting thing that somebody talked about i have a lot of friends who are doing music and it's interesting because we always love these conversations right? yeah and it's like one friend was telling me how he's like it's crazy that a lot of artists want to always get paid a bunch of money for features and it's like, especially when you're a new artist, he's like, I get it, you want to get paid. But the tough part about it, too, is that you're essentially shooting yourself in the foot. Because for all you know, somebody who can't afford to pay your $500 to be on a feature might actually have enough of that clout where if you're on that project, you just expose yourself to a whole new potential revenue stream or a whole new crowd that could be potential fans. And it's like, when you think about it that way, it's like, okay, and then what's better? Is that social capital? better and what i call social capital is essentially like you know getting exposed to another crowd of people getting yeah. um getting in front of uh in front of crowds that's a social capital sometimes you can use social capital to actually bargain the hell out of a lot of projects because a lot of companies are now coming to artists who have what who have gone viral so that means that they're seeing like oh you got a million followers let me get you on my label and then if you have a million followers you can be like Listen, I may not be rich, but I got a million followers. That means I have influence. Yes. That's my social capital. So treat me right. You right? use what you have properly. Exactly. 100%, man. That That's a great point. It's also long term. I think that's a, yeah. t- a, t- a tough thing, a tough thing sometimes because some people are coming from spaces where they don't have anything to their name. Yeah. And if someone comes to them with some money, it's hard to turn that down. Exactly. But understanding consequence understanding possibilities mm-hmm. make you make help you make a better decision yeah and I've, I've always heard a lot of stories where people were saying like they get approached with these uh with these deals where it's like twenty thousand dollars fifty thousand dollars and then um they're like yeah you know i signed it up because you know i want to get it and then it, i gotta tell them like okay you might get fifty thousand dollars and like that's the most money you've ever seen i understand that but think about it this way though right how much does your project cost 
right? And you got to think about your costs, like your 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 cost effectiveness here, because it's like okay, Absolutely. you might be doing an album, but how much does the studio cost? Right. If you get a band, that's going to be more money. If you're going to get an audio engineer, that's going to be more money. And then when I thought that way, personally for myself, when I thought a bit more that way too, I started really appreciating the skills that I was picking up because now it's like I'm potentially saving $2,000 from having to pay you know, an audio engineer to mix and master my stuff because I can do that myself. Oh, I'm I actually saving a bunch of money here because instead of producing new beats, I can produce it myself. So like these are things that are important. Absolutely, bro. It's learning that one financial amount doesn't equal what you might think exactly <laughs> russ said that before too he's like a million dollars let's break it down you get a million dollar advance first of all you got to pay that money back by the way most of the time it's not it's a loan it's not exactly it's not like you take this cash and it's yours mm-hmm. you know you got to pay them back in sales yeah. you know so your manager gets a cut mm-hmm. producer gets a cut mm-hmm. label gets a huge cut mm-hmm. before you know it that money's long gone yeah and there's know? and it's not just the money too it's also like your masters the masters so exactly. it's like do you own your masters right so you're getting that million dollars great but it's like that's a loan then also got a question do you own your masters a lot of people don't know what masters are right and it's like um what it falls into as well it's like you know even if you own your masters or not right out of royalties who's getting the biggest cut are you getting the biggest cut or is the label getting the biggest cut yeah right and then it's like when you think about all that down the road, it's like a lot of artists make a lot of money based off of the royalties from the song. So if the song does well, they get paid. But the issue is that if they're getting the smallest cut, they're not getting paid. It's like TLC. I don't know if you know the band TLC, the yeah. group. But um, I don't know if you've seen their interviews, but they were saying they're only making $50,000. And you know how big TLC was? For sure. That's a old. That's the oldest story in the book, bro. Yeah. I think right now to be an artist is maybe the best time because... You're essentially able to do what a label can do for you. It, it yep. might take you longer, but a label, what are they going to do? They're going to get you on Spotify playlists. They're going to get <laughs> try to get you, you know, this and that. But mm-hmm. with TikTok, with Instagram, something you and I both have access to, everyone has access to. Yeah. So it's it's interesting, man. Don't uh, don't just blindly take that take that check or even that hand. Exactly. Think about who you're working with. Yeah, there's so much you can do for yourself. And you're exactly right. You can replace, I don't want to say you can replace a label because we don't want, you know, labels to come after people. But what I will say is like, you can do a lot of the work yourself and not have to rely on a lot of larger businesses. Yeah. For you. A lot of the older rappers that used to be on labels, Cameron, for example, he mm, talked about, yes. uh, he was on label. Back in the day, you had to be on a label. There really was no other option. Because there's no internet, man. There's no they internet. They have internet. They had Recently, cable. You know that's a recent thing, yeah. and he um, he talked about recently like he's pretty much gonna stay independent. The only thing he'll deal with is maybe like a distributor, mm-hmm. but other than that, he can make his own merch and he can even book his own shows. You know, exactly. It's like when you have, especially if you have a catalog, you can do a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. Takes a long time. It's true. Not easy. It's very true. But possible. Yes, and I think that's the best thing. It's like education and the knowledge in that space is the biggest thing. Yeah. And uh, one piece of advice I can definitely give to people as well, collab. Collab and work with people as much as possible because you know what? You grow your own style and you learn more in the space. If you want to learn and grow your audience, collaborate. And it's organic. <laughs> and it's organic. And it's cool because sometimes you're going to meet the coolest people you ever met. Like right now, Vince, you and I met, right? And that's like, 
that was through reaching out one day and saying, yo, man, I'm down to go and be in your podcast. Let's go chat. Yep. And then here we are. And then we find out we got a lot of similarities yeah. and have a lot of, like, you know, people that we've met in the past that are, like, mutual contacts. And it's like, oh, oh shit, okay. It's how, it's <laughs> how you do it. And there's no shortcut to that. And there's no fast track. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. Things got to line up, but let it line up. Exactly. You know, some really good possibilities can come out of that. Yeah. One thing I got to say as well is... um. This is like a little something on the side, but I think it was really funny because sure. I was actually having this conversation with another another person actually at one point um, where I was saying, they're asking me, how do you deal with people who might be like negative towards your music and your art and things like that, right? I just hit like a thousand followers on Instagram. Nice. Quite happy about that. And that just means we're keep growing, right? But that's that's a great milestone. For sure. And um, sorry, not Instagram, my bad. <laughs> a thousand followers on TikTok. And um, that's a great milestone. I think the funny thing about it is that He's asking, like, you know, how you how do you deal with haters? And I'm like, I love haters. And he's like, why? Like, that's weird. Like, why do you love haters? I'm like, because you know what? It tells me two things. It tells me that I'm doing something right. And it means that if they think they could do it, they'd be doing it. Exactly. So that means I'm doing something right, and they're mad about it. Facts. And sometimes, and sometimes too, they'll tell you you're bad, but they'll only tell you you're bad because they want you to visit their page. So when you visit their page, guess what you give them? You give them a view. So if somebody's a hater... And they want to waste their time and say a bunch of stuff to you. You say thank you for the views. Facts. And you keep going. I'll say thank you and also block though. <laughs> yeah, well, You're out yeah, of here, definitely my block, guy. Definitely block if they're, bye, if bye. they're harassing you. Yeah, you know for sure. That's true, man. I've said this on the podcast before. When you're doing anything in terms of putting yourself out there, whatever it is, mm-hmm. you're signing up for that bullshit too. But you can't let that fuck with you too much. No. It's gonna happen. And you're right. If it happens, it's actually a good thing because they're watching. Yeah. You know. And it means they're doing something it right. Something. Exactly, man. You, you got to sign up for this and deal with it. But the positive will always outweigh the negative as long as you're mm-hmm. letting it, you know? Facts. Facts. Let that shit. So that's it. I mean, that's, that's the best way to look at it. Right? Love it, man. So Toronto Artist Collective. Toronto Artist Collective, TAC. Um, we're on Instagram at, uh, at Toronto. Uh, I'm sorry. We're on Instagram at Toronto Artist Collective. And then we're also on um, TikTok as well. Same tag uh, at Toronto Co- Artist Collective. We got very lucky. Dope. Luckily, nobody got that name yet, so we didn't have to do it. Toronto name. Artist Collective 2.057. Yeah. <laughs> 99. Yeah, exactly. Oh, oh man. Um, wait, do you think, like, uh, a funny question just to ask you real For quick. Sure. It's like, do you think in the future, like maybe like 50, da- uh, 50 years, maybe 100 years down the road, we might have to go kind of go through that kind of process with names where, like, people can't necessarily be named, like, you know, like Vince anymore that have to be like Vince underscore like a birth slash name, five. Yeah. Like. God damn. I've never thought about that. <laughs> you know I, mean? I really hope not. I could. <laughs> be shit's wild. crazy. I mean, you see what Elon Musk names his kid and Bro. shit. Like, I hope not, man. Because we've already we've already gotten there if you really want. Like, how many Johns are there in the world? Like, we could have already been starting that. So I, I'm going to say no. No. Because I hope not. <laughs> oh, man. But I will, nothing shocks me anymore. That's true. Nothing That's shocks true. me. I think I'm just gonna like mess with people one day and then just like have like a bunch of random characters for like when I have children for their name. And yeah. Then just be like, oh, so what does their name mean when somebody asks me? Be like, oh, it just means Jim. Exactly. <laughs> be like, wait, wait, this has like twenty characters. Yeah, I know, but they're they're all symbols. That you just never know mean Jim. anymore, man. I mean, <laughs> like, we kind of already are there though, because I've been called by my Instagram name before. You know, yeah. like kind of not official, but it happens. Not you see that. 
Yeah, you know, it's a weird. It's crazy. It's a weird situation. I think, I don't know if you, well, that means if you've been called by your, your Instagram name too, right? Like, it must be weird when people sometimes see you and you're, you're chilling and they're like, oh yeah, you're so-and-so and da-da-da. And you're like, ah, uh, yeah, no, true. But I'm also like, right now, drinking this this milkshake, bro. Like, I one don't... of, actually, <laughs> at the, one of the campfire events that happened because there's people there that I had never met before but followed each other or oh, whatever, true. showed love. So, they're like you're this and i'm like oh you're this and we're just talking by their by our instagram names it's pretty yeah. funny man cool though it's a cool situation yeah. it's a cool situation but it's also really funny when it's like you're just hanging out and you're like you don't want to necessarily be bugged and, and man's come up they're like you're so and so and you're like yes and i'm down to talk to you but also let me finish this ball yeah i'm down <laughs> for that to happen though i'm but not gonna check. lie yeah yeah that's fire I've, I've never had that happen where i like it was random like yeah at those events sure but not at a restaurant. I'm waiting for that day. That would be fire. <laughs> yeah, no, this this more happened, I would say, definitely around, like, my, when I used to play a lot more shows when I was in the metal band days. Nice. And, like, here and there, because of, like, performances I've done and things like that. But, um, but yeah, no, it's, it's a, it's an interesting situation, because it's, like, it's not, like, a, it's weird, because, like, people use that as brag, and it's, like, okay, that's cool, but I also understand it when I see people be, like, sometimes you just want to chill. Oh, for sure, bro. I've I've said this many times, even before I started the podcast, even as a kid. Being famous is something that never appealed to me very much. Maybe being known by certain people is really cool, but like a Justin Bieber style fame looks terrible, bro. Yeah, you can't even leave your fucking house. Yeah, and like I'll definitely say, like I'm. Don't get me wrong. Like I am not famous on any type of level. Um, But what I will say, or even like I don't think so. But like what I will say is like. You know, if you see me out, definitely come through, chat with me, talk Hell with yeah. me. Like, I'm down to have a chat with anybody. But I'm also saying, if you see me drinking a bottle hey. of water and I'm like a mid-swig, let me finish my swig, bro. There's and a time then, and a place. Yeah, like, I don't mind. Just let me let me get my drink of water first, you know. And then, For and sure, then, bro, because you're a, you're a human at first. First and <laughs> foremost, man. Everyone deserves their privacy. Everyone deserves their space, you know. Yeah, for sure. But I'm always down, man. Like, honestly, you meet some of the coolest people that way. Oh, for sure. That's the universe, man. Yeah. You never know. These facts. These are facts. Love it, bro. So, Toronto Artist Collective, Marcus B Music. You got any projects coming out in the near future? Anything you want to promote? Yeah, um, I'm gonna be performing at the St. Patrick's Show, I believe, on March 18th with uh, Campfire. So come out to that. Come and love, show some love. Campfire, you're getting some good promo here today too. Yeah, man. I'm saying, look, Campfire, Let's get man. It. Y'all been, y'all been <laughs> everywhere. I, I see y'all. I see y'all. I yes. respect y'all. No, Legends. but um, I'm going to be performing there. It's going to be a lot of fun. Sick. Um, also, uh, I recently dropped the track uh, Deep Inside, Black Boy Freestyle on YouTube. Definitely check that out. My YouTube handle as well is Marcus B Music. Um, M-A-R-K-U-S-B as in, you know, Baker. Uh, and then Music, M-U-S-I-C. And, uh, you know, come check it out. I got a lot of stuff, interesting things on there. Uh, for me and my music style, uh, I usually say like I don't like to stick to one thing. I like to kind of just make whatever I'm feeling. So you're gonna see some hip hop. You're gonna see some pop. You're gonna see some uh, some lo-fi beats. Um, there was a day when I was really into uh, oh my gosh, when I was really into funk music. Nice. So you're gonna see some funk music. You're gonna hear some progressive rock. So you know you're gonna hear a little bit of everything. So definitely check it out. There's probably gonna be something that you're gonna enjoy. Feel free to share it with your friends and. Yeah, and as I said, like contact me anytime. If you see me on the street, say what's good. 
just let me drink my bottle of water first, but say what's good. And then, uh, you know, or like hit me up on social media, man. I'm on Instagram. I'm on TikTok, both at, at Marcus B Music. And, um, and yeah, just hit me up. And if you want to do collabs. Hell yeah, man. Let's do some go. networking out here. That's for sure. Saying, man. Well, Marcus B Music, you're the definition of versatility. I will tell you that. <laughs> I love it. I love to see it. I had a great discussion. Really appreciate you coming through. Thank you for having me. We'll definitely do some work in the future. Do some Toronto Artist Collective type vibe. Love it. Yo, come on our show, man. It'll be a fun time. More than more than happy to. Joey, shout out to you as well. Joey. Crazy guy, man. <laughs> Marcus B Music. Go check his stuff out. Versatile Vigilante. We're always out here. Like and subscribe. His channel, my channel. Campfire 2. We're <laughs> out here. <laughs>